0: Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Evan Van Busicum. On today's program, we'll feature Elise Solstrom, owner of Redhead Creamery in Bruton, Minnesota. Thanks for being here today, Elise.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: So I know that you've been dreaming of owning an eco-friendly creamery, using the milk from your cows to make cheese. What attracted you to the egg industry and dairy in particular?
1: Well, I I grew up on a dairy farm and the dairy farm that I'm back on now with Redhead Creamery. And my parents have always been and still are extremely passionate about what they do uh, as dairy farmers and as uh, strong members of the agriculture community. And uh, my mom was on the dairy promotion board when I was growing up as well. And so I think just their excitement and enthusiasm for what they loved about dairy and agriculture it just kind of bled into me a little bit three other sisters all redheads as well and they have agriculture in their hearts as well but for some reason uh, i decided that i want this to be part of the rest of my life Uh, i'm not quite sure why that decided to be in my brain but, but but here i am and it was always something i just knew i was going to be part of this farm and i was going to figure out how i was going to do it
0: so along that same vein can you tell me and the rest of our listeners about how you developed your own cheese and dairy food quality college curriculum
1: sure I knew I wanted to go to the University of Minnesota regardless, and they didn't, and I don't believe they do yet either, have any kind of dairy manufacturing programming. And so I decided I was just going to get what I could out of the curriculum that they did have and worked really close with my academic advisor and explained to him what I envisioned doing someday, which would be to make cheese on my family's farm, and that's all I knew at that point. I didn't know what I needed to know, and so he had some great advice that um, anyone could make cheese need to get it sold once you get it made. And so I took a lot of marketing classes and more food marketing and economics classes where I didn't know that that's what I was going to take originally. uh, I actually thought I was going to take animal science classes, because that's what I thought I knew, and when I was in some of those animal science classes, I have no idea, even though I grew up in this, and once I got into the marketing and economics classes, it started to get easier, and so that felt good, like, okay, I'm where I'm supposed to be, but it was really just working with my advisor and talking to other uh, professors and really just continually sharing what I envisioned doing someday and then getting advice from others of, okay, I think you should, you should be learning this if you're going to do that or taking this course. And uh, it was just constantly sharing that and then making sure I was meeting the needs of you know, graduating with a degree at the end of the four years.
0: So since you had to forge your own path in undergrad mm-hmm. to, to make your own program to kind of fit the career and the your path you're currently on, when you finished undergrad and graduated, I'm guessing you weren't quite ready to, you know, take the bull by the horns, if you will?
1: Right. Yeah. You know, I, you always kind of think that you are until if that moment were to come tomorrow, you realize, no, I don't know anything. (laughs) So, (laughs) so, And I think, I don't know if you remember the job options when we graduated college, but it wasn't beautiful. And (laughs) I remember applying for a lot of jobs in marketing. And I ended up landing a job like two weeks before graduating from college for a food broker out of Minneapolis. And I was so that I did because it ended up being exactly what I loved and needed at the time where I got to spend a lot of time in grocery stores and with the little handheld device checking on products that we represented represented in the store and developing relationships with the store managers that was part of my program and then I also got to learn how to do some data analysis on Excel and so just it was a very cool opportunity that I had that I didn't realize what I was applying for, and got really lucky that I landed it. But so I worked there for just about a year and a half, and then um, my then-to-be husband Lucas, uh, he ended up getting a job in Vermont, and so I had to figure out where we were going to, where I was going to work. So I actually ended up working for a cheese company in Vermont called Grafton Village Cheese, and. Uh, worked in their retail store and sold cheese for them basically, and got to know the amazing world of European style cheeses that I didn't know existed, other than some really good Switzerland style cheeses that uh, I got to experience on a trip during college. But so uh, I was selling cheese to vacationers from New York going to upstate Vermont, and they were dropping $300 at a time on really good food and wine, which as a semi-recent college grad, I'm thinking, how do you even have that money to buy food with, (laughs) you know? Not even realizing this whole side of the cheese world existed. And it really opened my eyes to like, there's even more opportunity than I realized. And so Lucas and I spent most of our weekends uh, visiting cheese companies and breweries and, other you know micro food businesses in vermont and new york and the whole new england area because we had no friends barely in vermont we were newlyweds we were young for the area that we moved to and we had nothing better to do so we were going around and visiting these places and taking notes on like okay we love this about this place we don't like this about this place and always tried to connect with the owner when we could and be like hey we're dairy farmers from minnesota and want to make a cheese company of our own someday and they would most of them would be ready with open arms like what you know can we we'd love to visit with you you want to have lunch with us and so just really not realizing it fully at the time that we're just putting ourselves out there and trying to get to know the industry before we jumped ourselves in it all while trying to keep our own jobs and keep rolling with whatever life brought us at the same time
0: so if i if i remember correctly you guys took this leap in in about 2012 is that right to start your cheese plant plans or was that more of just when you started telling more people about it or can you fill us on kind of that that whole timeline
1: yeah, so we, you know, in all this time that I'm thinking I'm going to build a cheese plant someday and we're living in Vermont and then we lived in Wisconsin for a couple of years. And through all that time, we were brainstorming and kind of hashing out what our business plan looked like. And so like when we would come home for Christmas or holidays, we would have a side meeting with my parents of what we envision this will look like. And so when 2012 came, our daughter Lucy, I was pregnant with our daughter Lucy, and that was kind of our moment of, okay, we're gonna start having kids. Where do we want to raise them? Do we start thinking about this happening a little sooner? So we ended up moving home when she was three weeks old in November of 2012. And I actually worked for a different cheese company from home for a few months doing sales and lucas started grad school then and so i was milking cows every morning with a baby in the stroller <laughs> trying to to make things happen and that's when my parents were kind of like okay we're not getting any younger let's just let's do this and so we put our feet to the ground and really started saying figuring out the finances and getting bids on the drawings and the concrete work and the equipment work, like all of it, and we ended up breaking ground not until 2014 or 2013, and then we started making cheese in 2014. So it took about a year from breaking ground to actually making cheese um, on our farm. So that ended up starting, we had some breakdowns with equipment. It wasn't hooked up quite right when we first got going and we didn't realize that and so we ended up being down for three months uh, before fully getting up and running again and have been going ever since. But So we're in our eighth year now of cheese making and have had ups and downs the entire time and a different array of employees helping us make things happen and uh, we have an actual cheese maker now besides myself so we can still make cheese even if I need to be gone for the day uh, and this is kind of weird but great <laughs> and uh, so we're kind of we're in that mode at the moment of you know we got through COVID uh, with a delivery route but now okay what what do things look like uh, as we move forward from here and so that's a moment we're in but it's it's a good one.
0: So I remember your cheese plan, I think, on two separate occasions. And every time I come visit, there's so much happening. There's so much going on. So many new things on the tour that, that weren't there before have changed. It's really just a really cool experience. Can you tell my, uh, our, my our listeners, I should say, more about like the tours and the events and the tasting opportunities that you guys have? Because if I remember right, you've had two or three curd fests. Is that
1: accurate? Uh,
0: we had our fourth this year yeah so yeah and can you, can you tell us more about that because it's so cool and by the way this is i'm not getting compensated anyway for plugging this cheese curd festival but <laughs> the cheese curds are great and you know so let's hopefully get our listeners a taste or how they can figure that out yeah
1: so a, a big thing of our our business model and just what we're all about is sharing what we do with our customers and with the public about agriculture and dairy and allowing them to actually see their food being made and to experience it. So our cheese plant was built so that our guests can look right into the windows into our cheese plant and see what we're doing uh, without actually stepping foot into it. Because if you know anything about food production or food safety uh, on the manufacturing side, you do not want cross-contamination on a farm. So we have that where you can see cheese being made. And then every Friday and Saturday, uh, we give a dairy farm tour at 1230 and uh, get an array of guests who come who just want to experience what a working, operating, legitimate dairy farm is doing and what that's like. And so we go from the alfalfa to the baby calf to a pregnant heifer to a milking cow to the cheese that you can experience what that all looks like and how it all works uh, on our farm tour and the tour usually lasts about an hour hour and a half or so and then it ends in the cheese plant with a video of how we make cheese and then a sampling of cheeses that we make so that you can get an idea of what it is before you sit down and maybe have a, a panini or pan fried curds in our shop uh, before taking some cheese home with you and it's just a really cool experience you know we're in the middle of nowhere we're on gravel road which freaks people out sometimes but i like to i like to think it's the adventure that brings them out here but you have the opportunity to just sit and eat some cheese and uh, drink some beer or wine that is sourced locally from uh, makers around us and I think it's just a really cool way to to spend a Saturday afternoon. But our, our Curd Fest really is a celebration of the cheese curd but also of agriculture and locally made foods. Uh, we host this event the third Saturday of June every year and uh, we have live music and we bring local food vendors and makers as well and then we have curd kebabs and our pan fried cheese curds and then we had deep fried cheese curds this year of our own and we usually do something else fun for the the year that is new every time but it's just a really cool way to bring people in see what we do and kind of Throw a party because I kind of enjoy that. <laughs> so Absolutely. we try to we try to do things that we like doing, and then just invite people to do it with
0: us. I know there's also if I remember, there's two other things you guys do. If I remember right, you guys have some holiday baskets that you guys do for different holidays that people can buy for for like gifts or or whatnot. And um, and I think there's also is it for Valentine's Day and or Christmas or something you guys do uh, or have done in the past. Like a sit down kind of a cheese tasting, wine tasting feel that you can get a, do a reservation for. Are you guys still doing that? Is that is that accurate?
1: We've kinda of changed some of it since COVID. Okay. Um just because we've adjusted so many things like everyone else. Absolutely. But, uh, we are starting to do more like where I go to the brewery or winery and do a tasting there. Uh, If they've arranged something, we haven't hosted one here for a while, but I hope to do that again soon. But I love bringing in local winemakers or beer makers so that they can talk about what they make. We talk about the cheese and then we let you have you taste it together. And it's a fun party. But yeah, so we do the, the holiday gift baskets. And that's actually something, I mean, we offer that year round. We can ship cheese anywhere across the U.S. all year round. Uh, but the holiday season is definitely a good one and a busy one for us where we we have additional options of being able to gift food to your friends or family. I like to, to argue that nobody wants things anymore that just sit on their shelves and get dusty. That if you send them food that they can eat and then it goes away, that's a great thing. Right. And, <laughs> and if it tastes good, that's even better. So, absolutely.
0: Like that, um, that experience you're sharing. A lot of people want experiences now and they, honestly eating food should always be an incredible experience. Right. Yeah. Um, and I can, like I said, vouch that the cheese is really good. So dry it out. You know, you know, we've kind of talked about how you work with uh, family members and and how do you balance the needs of the business against family and community activities? Like, what's it like working with family?
1: Yeah, so the working with family and being part of something that my parents started has been extremely humbling, but also really exciting. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm privileged to have the opportunity to be able to take on something like this because of what my parents built. And working with family in itself has had its challenges. And I would say that now after doing it for eight years, I feel like we're now at a great uh, flow of like, we totally get each other now. (laughs) And, And things are starting to really flow and we're coming up with new ideas of what else we could do that would utilize our different skills and talents and uh, it's it's becoming more and more exciting to see that and as my kids get older my oldest is nine which isn't terribly old but she's at the age now where she wants to help run the register in our store and you know interact with customers and that's that's super exciting and i feared of what it would look like for my kids when I started a manufacturing business on the farm versus helping milk cows, because when I grew up, there there wasn't machinery and things moving around at all times. It was safe to run around and do whatever I wanted. And now, my kids can't just go outside if I don't know about it, or you know it's it's a little bit different. and so, Now that they're getting older and they can start to be part of the creamery business as well as the farm side of the business it's so cool and rewarding to see what they're interested in and what they get into and the questions that they have i'm not afraid to share with them what i'm experiencing day to day so if i have a hard time with an employee or if the cheese goes bad for the day or something happens that A lot of people would internalize that which don't get me wrong i used to and still do sometimes i'm trying so hard to share those feelings and experiences with my kids so that they understand what's happening in the moment as well and i feel like in the future that will help them if they do decide to be part of this business when they're older so fingers crossed that works out to its benefit but (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great experience. I also would suggest as people are going into business with family, or if they already are, to find someone outside of the family and the business that they can go to to talk to, whether it's a therapist or a friend that's not related to any of it, um, just somebody that you can vent to or share ideas with because i think you need that you need an avenue where you can share those things and that's something that i've learned along the way and um it's been extremely useful
0: that's all great advice and so thank you for sharing that elise it well is uh that kind of brings us to a close we're kind of running out of time today i i know i could talk to you all day i'll probably have to give you a holler one of these days when i'm driving and just bother you yeah but uh is there anything else you want to share with our listeners? Otherwise, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to to share your experience and your passion with us.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. No, I just would share that if we are always happy to visit with others who are interested in uh, taking on some kind of adventures like this, or even value added to their farm, and we we realize that without hearing or asking. Uh, of experiences and um having questions that you need to ask those if you want to do something new and so we are open to people reaching out to us especially farmers uh and if they have questions or want to reach out we are available for that
0: that's awesome well thank you so much again Elise, and and thank you listeners for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to us so if you didn't find this Podcast helpful, hopefully at least found it interesting. Thank you.